0: Welcome to Rams Iconic. I'm your host, DeMarco Farr, and this is the podcast where I get to catch up with some of the greatest players in Rams history. It's a chance for you, the fans, to take a trip down memory lane and reminisce about some of the greatest moments you've had as a Rams fan, but also an opportunity to introduce to some of our newbies, our newer fans, the iconic players that have made this franchise what it is right now. Uh, This is the special edition of Rams Iconic as we are here with you from Penthouse 56 in downtown L.A. hosted by the L.A. Rams and SoFi leading up to Super Bowl 56 on Sunday and like I said our next legend Love it is an OG. You know what an OG is, right? Oh, yeah. Original. original, absolutely. OG, LA. Led the team as its quarterback from 1996 to 1998. Also led the league in passing touchdowns. Two straight years, 88 and 89. <laughs> Please welcome in Jim Everett. What's up, big fella? DeMarco, good to be here. You know what? What? Yeah. Yeah, I've been I, chasing I, you around forever. Bro, yeah. bro, I'm looking around at this place. What? And
1: your, your crib here is nice.
0: Isn't this outstanding? You, I, you've, you've upgraded. I've man. made it. This, uh,
1: it's a talk show. Sid, I'm just happy to be just like on your
0: coattails. Me tonight. and Oprah. Come on. It's here. <laughs> I have been chasing you around half my life. I've never been up this high in Ella. This is nice. Get out of here. This is crazy. Have you looked out the window yet? I have. Go ahead I have. Look out and look, no, out and look down. I dare you to look down. Hey, where's where's, where's your bedroom and all this stuff, <laughs> DeMarco? That's all on the back. See uh, that TV? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I press a button and, you what know. What is that, like a 150-inch TV? Up there? Uh, actually, it's 160. See, oh, it's a big screen TV. Lord, That's d- my Jim Everett TV. Dude, you've always been bigger than last anyway. <laughs> at least my butt. I knew it. See, I knew oh, it. I, I knew didn't it. go there. You did there. At least I am See, preemptive. I'm getting in there. I know you. I know you. I know you. You know, but tell me something. I got to the, the Rams in 1994. It was different. The fan base was different. What was it like for you to play here, to be an L.A. quarterback, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah. We were, we were you know situated south of Los Angeles. We we're down in Orange
1: County, so it was a little different. Our, you know, the ownership was different. Mm-hmm. And I said this, if you can say you work for a millionaire, today they're working for billionaires. Yeah. All right. There's a whole different, whole different thing. The industry's changed. The, the game has changed. And I, I do think it's for the better. You know the protection of the quarterbacks, keeping guys like you off our head. No, keeping guys like you off our knees. <laughs> Wait a you know. But, you're like six foot seven. I can't even touch your head. Come on. <laughs> but I know I look at guys like Patrick Mahomes, and I'm like going, man, he couldn't survive during our era. I mean, I look at guys like Rob Johnson, who was in our era. Yeah, he got broke all the time. And Kyler Murray. They'd wipe him off the map yeah. if he was playing during our time because it was, you know, balls away. And if you're still one step ahead, you're uh, one step away, you're blowing up the
0: quarterback. And that was just the name of the game. It was Chuck and Duck. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. I love that term. Here's the question. How would you like to play for a guy like McVay oh, and his concepts and oh, what he's doing right now? Well,
1: this is the deal. You're not only playing for Sean McVay with this deal, but... Him and Les Need are like attached to the hip. Yeah. So they're bringing in guys that do specific things that Sean wants. This whole thing between Stan Kroenke, between the, the, he's given a full range for, for Les to do what he wants to do in, in the terms of what McVay needs. That support, you know what that reminds me of? What? It reminds me of Eddie DeBartolo. It reminds me of Bill Walsh. Oh. And it reminds me of the San Francisco 49ers. That team start, up north. Our era when they won four Super Bowls. I hate, I I, I, I know, but that. you can hate it, but you got to respect I it do. from a player's point but when it you're was, seeing that coordination. It was just frustrating because we couldn't beat them. Well, they were, well, we beat them a few times, but uh, you did. It was, <laughs> <laughs> you did, <right. laughs> But I tell you what, when they were on us the, the last six times yeah, we finally got it now, man, that was such a relief, but I, I still think Shanty got away. He was, he was sending receivers deep. He was Putting that back on the on reader, and they got away from it. Yeah, it's 17 to 7. I, I really think that was a coaching
0: error. It could have been. You so. know, that was the sweetest victory, I mean, that I think I've been a part of as a broadcaster because <laughs> they had you. The oh, 49ers yeah. had you. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, no, they did. Psychologically, they, they just knew they were the physical team, and to see them get out hit. In SoFi, right, was 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 special to me, right? It was different. What'd
1: you think? Why? Oh man, yeah. you know the fact is when I saw those Forty Nine er fans leave the stadium, oh, that was Nah, that. nah,
0: nah, nah. <laughs> hey hey hey, I, I'm,
1: don't let the door hit your I'm, butt. I'm still smoke. I was on yeah. I was on San Francisco radio just yesterday, and man, I'm still blowing smoke at him. I'm telling you right big what. time. Now, you know people don't know this, and I told them I was almost a San Francisco Forty Nine er. When, where, uh, like. Okay before you became a Ram or after? Well, the reason why the Rams were interested in me is because the 49ers were trying to trade for me. Wow. And people don't realize, I got drafted in the third pick of Houston, right? Houston yeah. Oilers, so the team's not even there. So it's, You it's in kinda... San
0: Francisco. Go well, ahead. Joe yeah.
1: Montana's back was bad. Right. Okay, so that, that season they were like, man, we got to do something. He survived it. And that spring they ended up getting, they ended up getting uh, Steve Young. But in the in the fall, right before the season, because they knew he had a bad back, and he survived it. Um, they were coming they were after trying, you. They wanted Michael Carter. They wanted all these draft picks. And then so the Rams got got word that, damn, 49ers were after this quarterback. So then they came up and developed a package that was a little richer than what the 49ers wanted. And they didn't really want to part I with Michael Carter. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I, I haven't really told people that story. So I was almost in, in that system. Now, uh, going a little bit later, before we hired Chuck uh, Chuck Knox, Mike Holmgren was going to be a Ram coach. They wanted a second-round pick. We were wow. going to get Mike Holmgren to be, and we're going to change our off to si- offensive system. But that never happened. Oh, And I oh. You know, I didn't have any input this on that. This is the
0: biggest what-if I've ever heard. Wow, go ahead.
1: So, I mean, the, the behind-scenes stuff in the NFL is incredible. So this is home
0: game. before Green Bay, before Green, before Seattle, before Seattle. Yes. So all, oh my goodness, wow! All that could have happened here. All of it could have happened here. Now, and you could have been up there,
1: guys. Ownership matters. <laughs> ownership matters. No, let's let's go right to today. We got Stan Kroenke that comes up with five billion to build the eighth wonder of the world called yeah. SoFi.
0: Beautiful. Doesn't happen every day. Can you imagine playing in there? Can you no. imagine your career in that stadium? No. They could see you from space. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Unbelievable. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, wow. It is, it is a special place. Now, do you know that stadium's kind of designed after the Dallas Stadium?
0: I do, yeah. Okay,
1: and so well, I heard rumors that when Jerry Jones came and looked at it, he goes, man, this is, this is like my template here, right? He goes, but damn, it's been
0: upgraded a lot. A little bit. A little bit. It's special in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, if they get this thing here, if they win a Super Bowl in L.A., yeah. oh, my gosh. Yeah. What do you think the city's going to do?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's a huge advantage that the yeah. guys are at home. Yeah. Home cooking. know I didn't get a chance to Your go. Your own school. bed. I've been yeah. to a bunch of Super Bowls. I didn't get to play in one. I've been to a bunch of them, and it's a damn circus. So when people are, go to a different city, but the family's over here, this is over here, it's, it's like vacation, right? And some guys lose a little focus. Well, this time, they're at home, getting home cooking, staying in their own bed, and they're t- even taking Super Bowl pitchers at Big their time. own practice facility.
0: <laughs> Dope, right? I mean, yes, so sir. if they just relax and play their own game, this is theirs. I'm I telling know. You, it is. It's a good opponent, too. It's the right opponent. Right. Do me one favor. Yeah. Do you have a favorite play? Jim Everett's favorite play from oh. your career?
1: Yeah, I probably have a, a, a 844 Ricky or 844 Lucky. Okay,
0: give me one in the game. Describe it for me real quick. All
1: right. No, it was probably against the Giants, and we, in overtime, we, we ran that play like three or four times in a row. It's seven-man protection, so it's a pro right, pro left. Liz, a rip protection, um, 844 Ricky or Lucky, depending if we're going right or left. And that just basically means I've got a skinny post on the backside that converts to a, a, a go route if he gets pressed, and i got double ends on this side and both backs going, going the opposite way. So what that did was it's a very good... Good man coverage and very good zone coverage. And so we, we knew once we got to about the forty-five, and I'm talking about the play in the playoffs that we hit flipper on the on the touchdown. Yeah. That was an a forty-four lucky. That's that Flip play. We wow. Knew they, were, they, yeah. they knew they were coming. We, we knew we could block them up, and I just had to get the ball to flipper because we knew we had one-on-one with a Bill Belichick defense that likes zone coverage. Right. Now I got him in one-on-one advantage flipper
0: all day long. See, look at this dude. See, this is why I love him right here. <laughs> this is why I love him. He still remembers the play Cole. Absolutely. Man, thanks for joining us, man. This Big is a really nice. love it, really man. Cool. You do a great job. Thank for, you very for Ram
1: much. Nation, I'm going to tell you you're the best. Yeah. You oh, really thank you. are really good. And keep doing what you're doing, because well, I love it, man.
0: I I can't invite you to my mom's house. There's a big picture of you at my mom's house, but you will not like it. What am I? How bad am I? Stuck? I'm, you're I'm, you're kind of wearing me as a cape.
1: <laughs> yeah. Am I I'm wearing a Saints jersey? You're wearing a Saints ah, jersey. All right. Well, yeah. that was always a, that was a good matchup. Uh, yeah. You know, it was it was it was, it was tough leaving yeah. the Rams. I mean, it really yeah. was. I appreciate. Good it. Thanks Thank you, man. Good I to see you. It. Oh right. man,
0: that's a big go Rams, Jim Everett, another legend. Like I said, another Hall of Fame legend, multiple time Pro Bowler. First-team All-Pro, can I say cornerback or safety? Which one would you like me to introduce you as, cornerback or safety? When you
2: do 12 at corner and you do two at safety, you probably need to say cornerback. That's what I said, cornerback, Aeneas Williams, that's that
0: voice right there. What's up, man? How are you?
2: I am fantastic, glad to be here with you, man. It's kind of like DJ Khaled, these legends keep coming up, another one.
0: Another legend, (laughs) absolutely, man. I mean, look, how special is this to be in a Super Bowl, number one? Number two, to have a Super Bowl in your own city. How was that?
2: Well, it's special, one, just to see the entire team and how they've developed with Coach Undershawn uh, McVeigh. Yeah. And the talent that they have, OBJ, my fellow New Orleanian, seeing him get this opportunity, seeing a Stafford who was in a position like I was 10 years with Arizona mm-hmm. on a one-winning season. Wow. And now he comes out here and has an opportunity to play with a brilliant mind, great players, those are the type of stories that I love to see.
0: Well, let's stay with that with the Matt Stafford for a hot minute. I mean, mm-hmm. you were in Arizona, like you said, twirling away. You were a great player, mm-hmm. but the team wasn't very good. Right? Kind of like Matthew Stafford. How did you not give up hope that someday we'll get over the hump and I'll win a championship, if not with this group?
2: Understanding how important it is in anybody that's listening that to not allow your surrounding to cause it to become you. As it relates to the standard of excellence, I didn't care. What the game was, I didn't care how many games we had won or lost. My preparation and what I needed to do to prepare myself, whether we won or lost, was a standard that I had. And the late John Madden actually told my father when I got inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he says, you have to understand, Mr. Williams, that Aeneas being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is unique because a lot of these guys come off winning teams. Right. And when the Rams traded for me, uh, DeMarco, Coach, Coach March said to me, even though when we looked at the film of you, when you guys were losing, we could not tell the way you were playing the game.
0: Not at all. I remember. Yeah, I remember watching film, and like you said, the standard is, is the standard. That kind of describes you perfectly because, I mean, Arizona was Arizona, but Aeneas Williams was an island, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you can get and lost it, It's it, right?
2: interesting you said that because yeah. a, a lot of people don't know. Number one, I used to be fearful. I didn't think I could play in Buddy Ryan's system. So literally, I was a restricted free agent going into my fourth year because Joe Bugle gets fired and Buddy Ryan gets the job. I told my wife, I said, I don't know if I'm going back to the Cardinals because I, I heard that Buddy Ryan wasn't a player's coach. It actually wasn't true. And just like wives do typically, she said, why you really don't want to go? And the truth is, I wasn't sure that I can handle the island. And literally, once I signed back, this is when I found out how God works. It puts you in situations to draw things out of you. Wow. So literally, Buddy Ryan, when we got there, his two boys, the twins, Rex and Rob. Yeah. Rob was my defensive back coach, right? Rob put his arms around me right after I signed, and this is the power of coaches and their belief in a player. He says, Aeneas, you can lead this league in interceptions. And by the way, I was defensive rookie of the year. Right. So I had a good career starting out my first three years. He says, Aeneas, you can lead this league in interceptions. Make all pro and the Pro Bowl. He said, I saw you set the national record your last year in college, 11 interceptions. You could do that here. DeMarco, I literally did it. And in training camp, Rob's dad, Coach Buddy Ryan, said, I'm now putting Aeneas on the best receiver. Ooh. Whereas before, in Houston, in Chicago, he always kept his corners left and right. And he gave Rob the permission to to allow me to be the first Rivas Island. To
0: let you travel. To let me travel. You were the first traveling cornerback. In his system. Oh, my goodness. He didn't
2: believe in that. It was left and right. But Rob believed the intelligence because the other thing about being a shutdown corner is understanding if you don't have a guy that's intelligent and has the ability to adjust, then you can always know that the team is in one-on-one. But when you have a guy who has the ability, even in zone, you go across the formation to understand. I could become a weak side linebacker. I can end up being a nickel corner. And, and you have to know this. And that's what I like seeing with uh, Jalen Ramsey. I was
0: just going to say you were describing Jalen Ramsey yes, right sir. now. Yes, I mean I, I think he's more than just a corner. Absolutely, and say he's a corner. He's a defensive player. Period. Because of how many places you put him. Like you said, I mean, do you watch him and say, "I understand what he's thinking" because I've done the same stuff?
2: No doubt. Yeah. And I I'll never forget when I think it was Josh Norman signed a huge contract with the Washington Redskins. Yeah. I think they were playing early in the season of that first contract. They were playing against Antonio Brown and the
0: Steelers. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah.
2: But they didn't. The coach didn't match him up with Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown was killing them. Right. And a lot of people saying, they gave him all this money, why don't they match him up? Here's what you have to understand. You not only have to have a guy who can cover, you have to have a guy who can make adjustments. Wow. Where you don't have him now you've gotten him out of his comfort zone. Now he's thinking. I wanted to see that with Jalen Ramsey. He can go and shut down a guy. Think about um uh, Richard Sherman. Yeah. Most time he was One side. left corner, right? right? That I won't diminish that, I won't take anything from him. Great player. But he played one side of the field. But when you're moving around, and what I'm seeing, what they've done, and what Jalen has, has done, that has shown me so much about his, his, his ceiling is so much higher where some coaches would have just limited him to covering a wide receiver on the outside.
0: Wow. Well, let me ask you this. So when they say the best corner in the game. Yeah, I'll ask you your opinion. Mm-hmm. What is the criteria to be the best cornerback in the game?
2: One criteria is you have to be able to find and, and be matched up one-on-one with the best receiver. And you have to want to... You have to want it. Yeah. You have to... So that's the first criteria. second criteria is the ability, if they're going to move the guy. So, for example, how I love Cooper Cup and everything he's doing, it is still mind-boggling that as good as he is, as good as he's shown to be, He still is up wide open to all of the kids who are playing football, who are thinking about playing defensive back. I'm thinking about having a camp this spring because I can't understand how Cooper and I'm I'm, man. let me make sure he's outstanding. 6'2". Excellent route runner, run after the catch. Excellent uh, cerebral skills. So he has it all. So yeah. I'm not dismissing it. Dismissing it. But what I am saying is, particularly when you have a number of guys that are undisciplined with their eyes, undisciplined holding their leverage. Right. It makes. Covering that guy, impossible.
0: I just had this conversation with another guy on the radio. He asked me, how does Cooper keep getting open? I didn't have an answer. I don't know. And you don't know. No, I do know. I'm always, I just, every time I see Isaac,
2: Torrey, uh, any receiver, I ask him the question. But Uh, it's rhetorical when I ask. Uh, Coach McVay, uh, OBJ being there, unfortunately Robert going out, Robert Woods. Oh, man. But OBJ, the tight end and Sean's willingness to coach, To spread the ball, but also be creative with him, moving him around. Going back to the original question, what makes the guy a great corner? If they put him in the backfield, do I have the ability to go line up on him? Wow. If they put him at tight end, do I have the ability to now line up on him and still hold my leverage?
0: That's the answer. They move him around so many spaces, not many guys can do that. Absolutely. I think the Rams actually have the guy that can do that. And, and they're on the same team.
2: And yeah. and with a lot of the teams, a number of these defensive really do not want to complicate the game for a lot of these young men. Because wow. if you if you start adjusting as it relates to Cooper moving yeah. shifts and all of those things, you all of a sudden now you have a defensive back who's second guessing. We see him get behind what ten yards in that Tampa game. Yeah, you're seeing a zero coverage. He's guessing, right? Right. Or you have some kind of hesitation because see? you've changed your call because he moved around.
0: Don't get me started on these younger players. See, we had it. We had it rough. <laughs> you know, it, it's a different style. Enough. Speaking of that, when you see Brett Favre, what does he say to you? <laughs> <laughs> I just got yeah, it yeah. off. But yeah. besides
2: Brett, yeah, 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 Brett, Brett did it. But also, yeah, yeah. Uh, m- many don't remember the same thing. We upset the Dallas Cowboys Absolutely. in the playoffs, yeah. and I intercepted Troy Aikman twice. And you got the, the most. Too, right? yeah. the, I got making the last one of the last the, yeah. the last turnover in the game. But what people don't remember is how much flack I get from the San Francisco Forty ers fans. Why do you get flack from them? Because I was the last one to hit Steve Young.
0: You knocked him cold and put him out. That's right.
2: And it was a legal hit. It would have been legal today. I didn't use my head. I used my shoulder pads, right? Yeah. So finally, at the hall, because I was getting so much flack, social media, every time I went somewhere from 49ers fans, I say, Steve Young, (laughs) I need you to you to, to tell your 49ers fans that I didn't end your career. He says, no, Aeneas, and they need to know, Aeneas, you made, you helped me make one of the best decisions of my life. Number one, I didn't hang around long, longer than I should. Good point. Number two, I got married, and then I got this great uh, ESPN contract. I said, would you put this on video? So I
0: recorded it, and then I posted wow. on social media. You knocked him in the marriage. I like that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's one way to get to the altar. I like it. Well, do me a favor. We do this on Rams Iconic. Uh-huh. And it might is it the Steve Young hit? Your favorite play as a Ram. Can you describe your favorite play? Favorite
2: play as a Ram yeah. is in that divisional playoff game. Uh-huh. What many don't remember, I had two interceptions return for a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I also had a strip fumble that I ran 80 yards back, but it was called back because uh, Antonio Freeman barely touched me. I remember this. Incidentally, when I got up and ran, and just remembering that getting the ball out and how important what Coach Levy it was to get the ball and making that a priority, that's what I remember.
0: See, I would have gone with the Steve Young hit, see? You know, you ended Steve Young. For me, I was happy. I was cheering, absolutely.
2: Yeah, because you don't have the 49er fans coming after you, man. I have to be careful because we're in California.
0: I lost a bunch to the Niners, see? I'm coming after them. It's the other way around. Aeneas, man, thank you for joining us, man. Good stuff. Your prediction for the game real quick.
2: Uh, uh, Ten points. Ten points. L.A. Rams.
0: Ten-point victory.
2: Ten-point victory. uh, That front four getting after Joe Burrow. If... If Tennessee got him eight times, if the Rams get him five or or more times, he won't be doing the same thing he did when Tennessee hit him.
0: My man, Aeneas Williams. Thank you, man. Thank Thank you for joining us. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Glad to be with you. Absolutely. Yes, you knocked out Steve Young. I was so happy. (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) I don't care if it was legal. My man to my right needs no intro, but I'll do it anyway. He was a Ram from 91 to 2000, fifth pick in the 1991 draft. I love that. Pro Bowl in 1999, Super Bowl champ, 37 career interceptions. Six interceptions in 1999, four interceptions returned for touchdowns, correct? Correct. My man, Todd Light. What's going on, Todd? Not a whole lot. DeMarco, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Excellent. I'm good. I was telling them earlier about uh, you had a rule in the DB room. Uh, interceptions, are, they only count when you catch them with your hands. That's right. No baskets. No baskets. baskets. <laughs> no
3: baskets. <laughs> Where did that
0: come about, no baskets? Well, Is it only
3: for DBs? Because I had a few baskets myself. No question. You know what I mean? A lot of people catch the ball with their body. But, you know, if you want to be an elite ball catcher, you have to catch the ball with your hands it's called hand eye coordination right not eye body coordination so that was our big thing like we always wanted to make sure that you know we were doing our best to create turnovers create short fields for the offense you know give our team the best chance to win you know obviously if you win the turnover ratio most of the time you're going to win the game and so we took a lot of pride in that and um you know Keith Lyle who had 12 12 interceptions one season didn't make the pro bowl um you know had a phenomenal career um and we also had other guys, Dre Bly. who else was Dexter, in the back? Of it? McLean. Dexter McLean. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, um, Billy Jenkins. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? So we all took pride in catching the ball and making sure that, you know, we were, we were sure with our hands. You know, uh, you, you were
0: always one of my favorite players. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, one, because you were down to my player. Number two, you always look great in the uniform.
3: Oh, and thank I, you. I, I always said if I look, like, close to Todd, I'm good in this uniform. Right, right. You know what? It, it, that's funny that you say that because um, Tom Brady told me something similar to that. He was like, oh, yeah, Todd Light 41 You with the, with the white long <laughs> sleeves. And I was like, you remember that? He's like, man, that's a sweet look. That's a like, perfect spot. Yeah, exactly. I appreciated that. You know what I mean? Listen, like Deion said, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. And, and that's, that was true. And so, you know, obviously, you know, this weekend is going to be a big, big um, yeah. game for the Rams. And I'm, I'm so glad that we're wearing the white jerseys with the yellow pant, blue helmet. You know, that iconic look is going to look good when we win that Super Bowl on Sunday. You know,
0: I was talking to Aeneas Williams, and he was telling a story or he was shocked about Cooper Cup. Right. Like he as a cornerback, a Hall of Fame quarterback, yes. still can't figure out why Cooper Cup still gets open.
3: You know what's interesting? Yeah. The very first time I came out and watched the Rams practice, um, I was watching the game with I was watching practice with Eric Dickerson. And um Cooper Cup was wearing eighteen at the time and I was like him flashing in practice. I'm like, man, who's eighteen? He was like, That's Cooper Cup. And he was and I was like, Is he nice? And Eric looked at me and was like, He's super nice. And from then on I, I just always just assumed that Cooper was going to be a superstar because you know of of Eric's blessing that that one day but you know just to watch him mature um his route running his ability to get open and he, he rarely drops the ball right you know what I mean so the quarterback has huge confidence in making sure that he gets the ball he's always in the right place um you know and um the timing of his routes is unbelievable his body control his uh speed the balance ratios off the charts and so, you know, he has the making of a phenomenal wide receiver and it's just a pleasure to watch him play. You know what, the, the funny thing the one
0: knock I would say, and it's not really a knock, it's the same I would say about you he, he's tremendous but he doesn't talk about himself enough, you know what I mean? He doesn't yes. make enough noise, right? but he's still getting the, the alkalates, he should
3: get, Absolutely. we
0: talked about this earlier, I think you should have made the Pro Bowl a lot more than what you did.
3: Right. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, listen, it, it happens I mean, you know, this is a different time, you know, when we came into the league, you know, they only took three corners, right? And so usually it was Deion Sanders and the other one was Daryl Green and everybody else was fighting for that third spot, which was usually going to be Aeneas Williams, Eric Allen or myself. And so there's a lot of time I came in fourth, a lot of time I came in fifth, a lot of time I came in sixth. And if the system was set up the way it is now, I'd have made a lot more Pro Bowls. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. What I do know... Or if you
0: would have acted a fool a few times, yeah, yeah, you know but what I mean? Y- yeah, right. right.
3: But for me, it was always about the team, yeah, right? Yeah. And it was always about, you know what do my coaches think about me as a teammate? And what, I, what, what do my teammates think about me as a teammate? And that's all that ever mattered to me when I was playing. It was always about the team. It was always about the organization. It was always about trying to win and never trying to bring personal attention to myself.
0: That's why I love that room in 99, man, yes. our defensive room. It was all about us. No doubt. Not just me or we or whatever. It was was about the team. How can we win this football game today?
3: Yeah, and, and it's interesting, too, because, you know, we struggled a lot, you know, getting to that point where we were Super Bowl champions, but, you know, Because we weren't very good, we were able to accumulate a lot of really, really good players. And I think our front office did a phenomenal job of piecing that team together with those core pieces. And then finally, you know, when we got the jewel of the crown, Marshall came in through free agency. I mean, sky was the limit, obviously. And then we took off like a rocket. And uh, it's interesting now, too, because the way that this team is built, Completely different. You know what I mean? I'm talking in terms of not through the draft. Oh, not through the draft. Okay, go ahead. You know what I mean? Different that way. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, they've accumulated a lot of great draft picks, but they also done a great job in free agency and bringing veterans in to come in and assimilate really quickly. And that's when you have to give a lot of credit to Coach McVay and be able to bring in guys like Vaughn Miller, bring in guys like OBJ in and assimilate them to the team so quickly and have that success right away.
0: How hard is that to recruit a guy to L.A.?
3: You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what? Not really, right? Because the <laughs> weather is phenomenal out here. It's like I was sitting at my daughter's soccer practice last night. It was yeah. like 75. The sky was purple. And then I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl in a couple of days. It's you gorgeous. kidding me? Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just beautiful life, man. Every If you're a really good free agent, come on. Absolutely.
0: I remember that uh, we, we, were, we were in the weight room, and there was we had those TVs in there, and there was Marshall on the treadmill. Yes. This is before we got him. He was right. running on the treadmill talking about leaving Indy. Yes. And then the next thing you know, he was with us. Yes. And we got one of the best weapons in football on our football team. We knew on defense, we had played against some of the best quarterbacks, the best offenses in the league. Right. We weren't far off defensively. No. We just needed to pick it up on offense. And when we got him, everything just changed
3: for us. It really did. And, um, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, I came into the league in 91. I was able to play against guys like, you know, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Steve Young. You know, um, Warren Moon, all these phenomenal players. And, you know, I remember the year before Marshall came to our team, we played against him in Indy. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I do. And he ran for like 175. He had like three touchdowns. And I think he had two touchdowns called back. Yes Right And so I never remember After the game He went thinking, right
0: between me and Kevin Like three times
3: I remember thinking After the game I was like God Lee Because we used to watch him At Notre Dame When he was at San Diego State We yeah. were like Man he can't be that good There's uh-huh. no way He's in the whack There's no way he's that I good the same And then thing. after the game I'm like He's that good <laughs> Right and he was, When he came out They booed him Right You remember that yeah, something something happened.
0: They booed him, and yeah. then at the end of the game, he was like, he got a standing O. Yeah, 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 he they,
3: us. yeah they, they didn't know what they were doing. Anyways, but I just remember him being the first day in the building. I just walked over to him, I gave him a big hug. I was like, "Welcome to the team!" I was so excited to play with him. And uh, you know, Marshall and I are close friends. We play golf together. I go down to San Diego. He comes up to Orange County. We hang out all the time. And you know, just a phenomenal teammate. You know, just a great man representing this organization. You know, first class.
0: That's what he said. I wish I would have kept up with playing golf. We all started playing golf like in '99, '98. Right. I wish I would have kept up with it. I yeah. can't play.
3: I hate golf right now. You know what? I'm getting better. Yeah? And, yeah, I'm a lot better than when I started in St. Louis because when I was starting in St. Louis, we were hitting, like, you know, shooting like 100. Yeah. Now I can shoot in the low 80s, you know what I mean? But it is a process for sure.
0: Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the high hundreds. I'm still going. Uh, we do this thing on Rams at Counter. I'm so glad you're here. If you can describe
3: your, your favorite play as a Ram. Yes. One thing that sticks out and stands out in your mind. You know, my favorite personal play, and you're involved in this, too, would be the field goal block in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, it's interesting because you know during that whole season, Coach Gans had um, Dre Bly line up on the left, and I would line up on the right. Frank Gans, yeah, our special, yeah, yeah. yeah, our special teams coach, and then we would blitz contain from the outside. Well, in this one particular play, you know, the first drive in the second half of the game. Against the Tennessee Titans, Dre's like, no, let's switch the alignment up. Why don't you come over here with me?" And I know through their study, wait, wait,
0: wait. wasn't Dre a rookie then?
3: Dre was a rookie.
0: He was a rookie and suggests to you in yeah. year
3: what now nine nine yeah in year nine. Hey, let's switch up, switch the formation. But wow, you, but you always gotta sense the energy of your teammate and always be able to adjust on the fly. Yeah, yeah. We always talked about that, making those adjustments on the fly. And so I was like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it." I mean, we got nothing to lose. We're here to win the world championship. And so we switched our alignment up. Up, which broke all the tendencies that the, the Tennessee Titans had seen all year. Um, I hit the inside gap. Dre hits the outside gap. The guy thinks I'm going outside. I get a free run. Make the block. You recover it. Yeah. And that set up the first touchdown. So that was really a 10-point swing, which was really huge for the game because we ended up winning by seven. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I'm glad I recovered it. I wish somebody else would have because <laughs> maybe we would have scooped and scored on that. But, yeah, man, I mean we
3: were pretty good on special teams. No question. How many
0: field goals did you block in your lifetime?
3: You know what? One. That was the one? That was the one.
0: I thought you had another one before. No, nope,
3: nope. that was the only one. I blocked a punt. A punt, one okay. punt, One punt, one, one field goal, and I blocked one field goal and one punt in college. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, the only one, though.
0: Okay, I, well, well, answer me. You had four return touchdowns, interception returns. Yeah. How many t- total
3: touchdowns did you have in your life? Because I know you had a scoop and score. Yeah, six defensive total touchdowns. Yeah, there was a couple fumbles, and um, I think it— there's one where somebody blocked the field goal. This one I was in Detroit with the Lions, ah. and um, scooped and scored that. And I think I still have the record as the oldest guy to return a blocked field goal in the NFL. That's my that's my NFL the record. Oldest guy
0: <laughs> to return a blocked field goal for I a think, touchdown. I think
3: I was 35 at the time. I don't know if that record still stands. Oh, I'm wh- going to win every <laughs> trivia contest I have from now on. Absolutely.
0: No, yeah. Let's edit that part out. I need that one. But you were up in Detroit. You said this earlier. You. Are kind of rooting for Matthew Stafford. There's no question. You, you understand what he's been through, yes.
3: and yeah, and anybody what it is now, yeah, and any, anybody who knows the Detroit organization, you know, you know, shout out to the Ford family. They do a great job, but you know, it's tough to win in Detroit. It really, <laughs> really is. I mean, it's a tough conference. You know, you're playing the Bears, right? You're playing Green Bay, which is always a solid program. And they just have never been able to get over that hump. And I kind of watched the Lions just because I spent two years with them, and I also lived in Michigan, you know, before I went to college in Indiana. And I've um, always been a Matthew Stafford fan just because of the way that he played the game. I mean, his, his grittiness, his his, his his ability to place the ball, you know, everywhere he wants. He has a great deep ball. He's really, really smart. His toughness is off the charts, right? And then when he got the chance to come to LA, and um, you know, it was assimilated to the team really well. And I know the fans were super happy and i and i know i was cuz i was at that first game against the bears and when he launched that first touchdown pass for like 60 yards i was like yeah we got our guy
0: yeah Van yeah. Jefferson, 67
3: yes. yards. Yes, exactly. That was
0: his third play as a Ram. Yeah, and Randy I was like, Stafford, exactly.
3: Yeah. And I was like, you know what? We got our guy. He's looking good this season. And um, they've been playing phenomenal. And I think that they're peaking at the right time. And uh, I'm really, really excited for this game. And, and, and I'm really, really excited for the organization. I,
0: I respect Joe Burrow. But I think the Rams have too much coming the other way. Yeah, they do. Especially the pass rush, yeah.
3: There's no question. I think, you know, everybody's always talking about who you think is going to be the MVP. And I think one of the best players is going to be the MVP, which is Aaron Donald. I mean, when you watch him play. I mean, his ability to beat the single, his ability to beat the double, his ability to fake the double with the chip yeah, yeah. and still be a problem. I mean, I grew up a defensive lineman fan. Like, Mean Joe Green was why I wanted to play in the NFL because I wanted to be big. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be fast. And when I look at, you know, what it is, he's the closest thing to Mean Joe Green, if not better than Mean Joe Green. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's you know, the type of player he wait is. Wait minute.
0: One of my favorite corners in life wanted to be a defensive I tackle. Did, I You're did. You could have come on down there and take some of these reps. I know. I come never on. got big enough. The- <laughs> because I wanted to be a corner. See, <laughs> I wanted to be out there on the island.
3: No Absolutely. Question. Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan of watching Jalen Ramsey play? I, I am. Ask you this. I'm yeah. a
3: huge fan. I think Jalen is phenomenal. You know. What about if, the other corners, though? We talk a lot about Jalen.
0: Yes. Uh, he's going to have his hands full with Jamar Chase. What about the <sighs> other corners? The guys to the other side.
3: Right. You know, they're going to have their hands full because there are going to be times when you know Raheem is going to have to call man. Man coverage, he's going to close the middle of the field and they're going to bring a five man pressure. Right. And they're going to have to win their one on ones. And I think that they can do it. I just think that, you know, in order for us to be successful, you know, especially on third down, it's going to be our technique. And our ability to get to our t- technique faster than the opponent, and if we can do that defensively, especially on the perimeter with the guys of like number eleven, number twenty-two, um, Eric Weddle, yeah. yeah, Eric they Weddle won. is a great um, addition. Obviously, I love him Bruh. coming off the couch. He, he was on the couch for two years. Dude, come out balling, wow, okay, superhero yeah, style. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that I think that we can get it done. You know, I really yeah. do. And um, they're not going to be able to stay away from Jalen the whole game. You know what I mean? They're going to have to test him and attack him at times, and he's just going to have to be on point and be ready. But I think that this defense is at the right time, and I think that they're ready to make big plays to bring this organization another championship. See,
0: you just went from Todd Light to Coach Light. See, that was Coach Light right there. See,
3: you miss the game, man? You miss it? I do. I really, really do, but yeah. um, I'm a big fan. I always have been, always will be, and um, to have the organization back in L.A. and have all the fans excited about the program, it, it has been phenomenal, and I think that, you know, the culmination with winning the championship, you know, because L.A. needs a winner, right? Whether yeah. it's the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Angels, you you know what I mean? The Kings or whoever, because we got plenty of teams. Well, we need a champion, and I think that you know the Rams are suited, suited to be the next champion.
0: Coming soon to a theater near you, L.A. Rams world champion. No Todd doubt. Todd Light, man, thank you for stopping thank by. Thank you, brother. This was special. I know I got one of those.
3: Yes, you do. That's and a I, Super Bowl. And Ram. I always wear it when I'm around my guys to show them the proper respect. See? That's
0: my dude. Todd yes. Light, man. All right. Love you, bro. Thank you so much. That's a wrap on this episode of Rams Iconic from the Penthouse, Penthouse 56 in downtown Los Angeles, hosted by the Los Angeles Rams and SoFi. Thank you to Todd Light. Jim Everett, Aeneas Williams, for sitting down with me and reliving some of their career highlights as Rams as well as previewing Super Bowl 56. Don't forget to drop us a review. Hit that subscribe button as well. Thank you for listening. I'm DeMarco Farr and we'll see you next time on Rams Iconic.